Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yannion. I'm talking about today and tomorrow on the broadcast, the importance of older people working with younger people. Why do we need each other? We need the maturity of the older people. We need the enthusiasm of young people. And we don't need each looking at each other going, I don't need you and I don't need you. We need each other. I think that's why older people stay until they are older, to help raise up and train up a new generation in the things of God. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello again. Welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. And if you want to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to start with verse 38 today. And you can find that ahead of time. Just let me just tell you some things we'll be discussing today. I want to talk to you about the importance of having young and old ministers next to each other. The fact that one can draw from the other. The young people fill with energy, fill with vision, fill with all kinds of ideas they want to see done. And uh, this is what we need, especially in churches, is oftentimes as the congregation gets older or the pastor gets older, that enthusiasm, that zeal is gone. But we also, from the elder, the older ones, we get wisdom. And we get, especially among the congregation, finances, because by that time, the older people have finances to give into the church. But in essence, we need the two working with each other. And sadly, on one end and the other, we often get upset with the other ones. Old people don't like young people. Young people don't like old people when we need each other. You know, when my son first took the church and became pastor after I stepped down from pastoring, he uh, had some shirts made and he called it, uh, he talked about one generation. He said, one generation written on there. And said, why, why did you do that? He says, well, he said, you know, when I worked in the youth department, he said, we had the young youth in there and they would come, they'd ask questions like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 14 years old. What about my generation? And others come, well, I'm 18 years old. What about my generation? I'm out, I'm now out of high school. I'm about to go to college. The college students would come and say, well, what about my generation? Then there were those who were saying, well, we're young and married. So how about the young and married generation? Then the other ones came and said, yeah, but what about the young and married generation with children? We so subdivide things. We often forget something. We are one generation. In the New Testament and the Old Testament, both God refers to this. In fact, the generation that came out of Egypt was called that what that generation. And that generation consisted of when it came out, they came out of the land. It said they came out and that their God gave health to all of them. There was not one feeble one among them. He talked about the babies that were on the breast all the way to those that were like over a hundred years old. And what he was simply saying is we're one generation. We need each other. There's not a separate. When we separate from each other, we separate from the wisdom that could be in older people or we separate from the energy that could be in the younger people. All these different things we do because what we've seen is we've seen older people get tired, not caring anymore, a church go downhill. So we, we can't limp all elder people with that particular one minister. Or on the other hand, we look at young people and they've made mistakes and split churches and taught false doctrine. We say, well, we don't need young people. That's what they all do. They do not all do that. And that's why we need each other and especially to be open to learn from each other. Paul did this with Timothy in 1 Timothy. And it's about chapter five where he started talking about that in the church. He said, so you come to church and you might complain, well, I, I grew up by myself. You know, I didn't have a brother or a sister. Well, come to church. We have lots of brothers and sisters. Well, I wish, you know, I'd have had, uh, you know, I wish I'd have had a dad. My dad deserted us and left us and my mom had to raise us. We'll come to church. We have plenty of fathers. My mother died when I was real. We'll come to church. We have plenty of mothers. And that's just the point. The church makes up for those deficiencies in life and the energy we need, the understanding we need, the things for life. 
And this is why we're going to talk about even where this miracle took place. It was Gilgal. Gilgal was the camp where the people came to. And they'd go out and do combat, come back to Gilgal. They would go out and and grow crops and they'd go out and possess land, but they would come back to Gilgal every single time. And uh, this went on for quite a few generations, even from the time that the children of Israel went into Canaan. And in this particular story of Elisha, later on, many, many, many years later, Gilgal was still the place where they focused their attention and they encamped in Gilgal and they always returned back to Gilgal. So this is the place again that really typifies the local church, the place where we come for strength where the word of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit is. Even though they didn't call it the church in the Old Testament, they still had the temple, the place where they gathered together, and they had those places like this one called Gilgal. Let's take a look at 2 Kings chapter 4. I trust you found it by now. And by the way, thank you for those that are just now watching for the first time. Welcome. And the mission of this ministry is to train up a younger generation in the things of God. And I like talking about this older people, which I am, have no problem telling you I'm an older person. But the wisdom I have gained through the years, that needs to be understood by younger people. And when I'm around younger people, I look at that and reminisce on the fact of all the strength and energy and vision I had at one time. But that's how we fulfill each other. We are a team working together. And so thank you for joining us today. If you're here for maybe the 10th, 12th, 13th time, Thanks for being a glutton for punishment. You're back again to hear more of the word of God. And again, I appreciate you. And of course, it's not punishment. It is the life, bread of life that God gives to us. For those of you who have taken even a step beyond that and are partners with me, thank you. Again, I couldn't do it without you. I thank God for those watching. But listen, those of you who are watching, it's made possible by those who are partners in this ministry. And if you'd like to take the responsibility of moving just from a vision, watching it every day and learning from it and taking notes every day, thanking God for that, why don't you become one of those that actually carries this and begins to take the weight of it on your on yourself and responsibility to help take the ministry out. So go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. Boy, it's about time we get in the word of God, isn't it? Second Kings chapter four, let's take a look at verse 38. Elisha returned to Gilgal and there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him and he said to his servant, put on the large pot, boil stew for the sons of the prophets. So one went out in the field. This is one of the students went out in the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered it from a lap full of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew, though they did not know what they were. It was poisonous. Then they served it to the men to eat it. Now it happened as they were eating the stew that one cried out and said, man of God, there's death in the pot and they could not eat it. So he said, then bring some flour and he put it into the pot and said, serve it to the people so they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. What if we stopped right there? You think, wow, what's that story got to do with anything? It's got a lot to do with everything. First of all, I want you to notice here again, they returned to Gilgal. Elisha was so different from Elijah. Elijah was a prophet just like Elisha was, but Elisha's main ministry, unlike Elijah, who Elijah had a ministry in front of the congregations of people, the thousands and thousands of people. And his was such a tremendous supernatural calling down of miracles from heaven and miracles all around and bringing in rain, stopping rain, all those different things. But Elisha was not that way. Elisha performed twice as many miracles as Elijah because he had the double portion, but he had a different aspect to his calling to fulfill Elijah's ministry. 
And that was he trained up another generation after him. And his main call was to go to the school of the prophets to take care of the young people and train them up for the next generation. And so he was there one day as his custom was. I'm sure we probably even had a different group of young people. He probably every two or three years rotated and had other ones in there. And this one apparently seemed to be a group that had not seen him make stew before. And so he sat down, started to make some stew. And he said to them, uh, we need some, uh, you know, some vegetables for this. So one of the young men in zeal ran out in to the field and didn't know the difference between, you know, a cucumber and a poisonous gourd. And so he came back with a poisonous gourd and a, and a number of them began, began to slice them up into the stew. And as they started to eat it, one of the young men that was eating it recognized the taste and said, this is poison. Said there's death in the pot. But notice who he cried out to. He didn't cry out to the young people around him. He cried out to the old man. He cried out to the man that probably had seen this before. And he cried out to him. And you know what? Elisha did not get all hysterical, scream and yell at the young man who went out and got these things, say, you stupid kid, how could you have done such a thing? No, it was an honest mistake. But what he did was, and notice this, he didn't even get ruffled about it. He just said, bring me some flour. And so the word for flour here doesn't necessarily mean just like we think of flour because wheat in those days was quite a, a bit expensive and a little bit harder to find. Corn was the main thing. One of my translations, and even one of my uh, commentary said this might've been cornmeal, about as basic as you could get. He threw the cornmeal in there and healed the whole pot. So they ate it. Of course, you're still probably thinking, what does this have to do with anything? This is such a story today because oftentimes young people, old people get together, but there's such a division between them. Old men are looking down on the young ones going, you, you whippersnappers haven't thought of what we're doing. We're not, you know, we're not doing things the way that you think we ought to be doing it. We're not up to the 22nd century or 21st century or whatever, you know, that we're going through right now or the days to come. No, no, we're thinking back in the days when everything was so much easier and so much nicer and people were kinder. There wasn't as much resistance to the gospel and to the word of God like there is today. So we begin to argue about that. But no, that's not what happened here. Elisha, Elisha had a compassion for those kids and understood this kid just made an honest mistake. He didn't know what he was looking for. And so what happened was here is they cried out to him. What he ended up doing was throwing in cornmeal into the pot. Let me just give the story here of what happened. This young man, probably like so many today, run out into the field and find out what's being preached today. And oftentimes don't realize a lot of what's being preached today is poison. It's exactly not in line with the word of God. And it is, it is hurting many people. It may not be sending people to hell, but sure is confusing them in their life and causing poison to come into their life. And so what happened was this young man went out and brought it back, but he was honestly in zeal thinking, he was doing right and then found out he was poisoning the people and they turned to the old man. We always need an old man that's been down this road before and has seen it before. And notice this, Elisha, Elisha didn't get upset about it. He just said, bring me some flour and threw it in. Exotic doctrine is not answered by exotic doctrine. False doctrine is not answered by exotic or false doctrine. What false doctrine or exotic doctrine is answered by is basic doctrine. That's what's missing so much today is the basics of the word of God. People are running out there to get the wildest things they can find and bring it back and wow their congregations with it. But the people don't even know about righteousness and justice. They don't know about the mercy of God. They don't know about the grace of God. They don't know about these common aspects that all of our foundation is. And notice what healed the pot, basic 
cornmeal. This is what we need. Back to the basics of the word of God, because you know what? The basics never get old and the basics never run out. We don't get to the point where we say, well, we understand all the basics. Let's move on to the more deep things of God. Even the deep things of God are a building on the foundation of the elementary principles of the word of God, righteousness, justice, predestination, all these big words we use, which have such simple definitions, these are the things we need to understand. And so we threw it in there, it healed the entire pot. It simply comes back to this, young ministers who are out there, you're you're often running after someone here and someone there, another young person. I don't wanna hear about these old people. You know, they were here for a while. Thank God they're gone. There's a whole new generation of us of us out there. And oftentimes you're running out of the field and not even knowing you're bringing back poison to put in the pot. What's gonna answer it is the things that never, ever change change, the fundamentals of the word of God. Come back to righteousness, come back to justification, come back to salvation by faith, an understanding of simple faith, how that faith not only saves you, but it's a day of walking in the Lord every single day, a way of pleasing him because without faith, it's impossible to please God. These are the things we need. And so again, around us today, we look around us and there's natural poison in this earth today. It seems like we're finding more of them and those things are killing the drugs and things like that. But sadly in the church, there's also spiritual poison. There is such weird doctrine, exotic doctrine being taught today and really that isn't even scriptural and people are running it after it all in the name of it's exciting. It sounds exciting, but I'm not understanding. They're not feeding themselves. They're actually killing themselves spiritually on the inside. They're not knocking out their salvation, but they're nullifying their walk with God. And so when we get back from the break, we'll talk about this. In fact, what we're offering is my series uh, and it's on Elijah and Elisha. And so I know you're going to be blessed by that. So we'll be right back after the break. Elisha the prophet is an intriguing figure of the Old Testament, a miracle worker that deserves the extensive study that this series provides through these 13 lessons, which include the call of the miracle worker, where to begin a miracle ministry, the greatest miracle of all, water in the desert, oil in abundance, our heart's desire, faith to raise the dead, Naaman, his pride and his miracle, the purpose of a miracle, Returning what is lost, open and shut case, unseen deliverance, and does God remember our faithfulness? To order The Life of Elisha, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Let's get back to the story that we were talking about in the first half of this broadcast, and that is Elisha, who had the school of the prophets. And when one young man filled with his, of zeal and ran out in the field to grab something, put it in the stew, and didn't recognize a poisonous gourd from a vegetable and brought it back, sliced it up, and of course it spread poison throughout the pot. And those, those young men were dying because of it. But the answer to the problem was not more uh, exotic things or findings. It was simply putting in cornmeal. And the cornmeal or the flour, as it's called here in many translations, just simply was the basics. And the basics of the word of God are what always bring back healing to us because oftentimes we forget the basics. A young man starts a church. Well, I don't want to get into the, you know, that discussing about faith and, and grace and all these, uh, and you know, about salvation. And, and yes, I know we need all those things, but you know what? We're going to go out because there's some great things out there to be taught. And listen, some of the things you're teaching may be true, but you know what? You need the foundations before you get to it. You can't just suddenly take a baby and start feeding it meat. But the thing of it is also is that oftentimes thinking you're mature, you're really being immature and you're introducing things that are going to be disastrous to your congregation. And you don't find out about it till you're older. And by the time you're older, you think, well, I should have listened to brother so-and-so. He had such wisdom. I think in my own personal life, you know, I got the, the great privilege of working for seven years with Kenneth Hagin Ministries. The first three years of that, I was working in his radio department, audio department, cassette tapes. You remember cassette tapes. I was making cassette tapes and I just had chances even at the lunch table to sit down and talk with him. And I was always trying to figure out, I wonder if I disagree with him on this or he disagrees with me on this. You know what? It didn't really matter. The older I get now, and Brother Hagin has gone on to be with the Lord, I wish I'd have taken more advantage of the time I had around with him to draw from the wisdom he had. He was not afraid to stand up against false things that were being taught in that day and still being taught today and just stood up against them. He did it in such love. He did it in such honor. He did it in such respect toward the ministers. And that's some things that I have taken with me, but I really wish at times I could go back just to thank him for the things that he did, the things that he said. And times, I remember one time I was at lunch and we just opened up our bag. He had his little bag right there, his, his paper bag and pulled out an apple. He pulled out a half a sandwich and was eating it. And I mentioned something that I had heard him say on the on the sermon that I was putting into a cassette tape. He just stopped and leaned back on the back of those, you know, that, that metal chair and looked up at the ceiling. And he just simply said, if every member of the body of Christ would find out where they're supposed to be and then function there and accept it. He said, there's nothing that could stop the body of Christ. And then he went on eating. I thought, I mean, it just shook me. I thought, I've never thought about that. Oftentimes we want to be somebody else. If we would just become content in who we are and then learn to work with each other, there's no force on the earth that could stop us. So let's talk about natural and spiritual poison. The curse pronounced when Adam and Eve sinned went into the dust of the ground and affected all of nature. It also included the flesh of man because the flesh of man was cursed and that sinners and saints. And once you are saved, you still carry that curse in your flesh, in your body, because this part is not redeemed yet. Your spirit's redeemed and day by day, your soul is being redeemed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And those are the two eternal parts on the inside of you. The moment you die, your spirit and soul go to heaven, but your body turns into the dust of the ground and you lose this nature called the flesh. And this is the curse we carry even after we're born again. And there's the natural side of us, the fleshly side of us that wars against the spiritual side of us or our bodies wanting to come and control us where our spirit is designed by God to control us. The desire for glory and notoriety is not any different with ministers than with actors or musicians found in the world. They'll go to any length to be noticed 
noticed to have their 15 minutes of fame. From the Old Testament, men and women of God have used sinful methods to exalt their reputation in front of others. Now, God has godly ways to exalt yourself, but so many went in the wrong direction. Samson was a tremendous example of this, how that a man of God, called of God, equipped of God, gifted by God, could use natural means, even sin, to try to exalt himself. Timothy faced this in the New Testament church. And Paul had to give him instruction where he said, shun profane and idle babblings for they will increase to more ungodliness and their message will spread like gangrene. He simply says, stay away from the, from the, maybe the, the hot topics of the day and the hot sermons of the day. And you just end up sounding like everybody else. He said, those type of things increase more and more because you can't settle on one today. Next week, you have to outdo yourself. Next month, you have to outdo yourself. And eventually it says it spreads like cancer, like gangrene into the congregation. And he mentions some names on this. Hymenaeus, Philetus are of this kind, he said, who have strayed concerning the truth. There is your basic doctrine. They have strayed from cornmeal. They have strayed from the flower of God's word, saying that the resurrection has already passed. Oh, they probably had a team around them. They probably said the Holy Spirit showed us this, but it's not in line with the word of God. If it's not in line with the word of God, it is poison and it'll kill people. It will hurt people. It will cause people to turn from God. It will cause people to turn from the church. And later on, whatever happened to brother and sister so-and-so? Well, I understand they may still go to church, but they don't care about the things of God like they used to. They got so caught up in this thing that happened in this particular ministry that came along and this particular doctrine. And now we can't even find them today. We hear reputation about them moving away and they're off somewhere else. But literally it goes on to say he was teaching that the resurrection, this is Hymenaeus and Philemon, had already taken place and now we're in the tribulation and they overthrow the faith of some. They weren't around the elder people like Timothy and Paul and others before them and they didn't hang around them. They had their own ideas and their whole idea, Timothy and Paul and Titus and other ones before them was they're just old people. Thank God they're gone. Their days are over now. It's our day today. But many young ministers read or listen to their teachings and because they sound like the truth, they don't recognize them as poison. They go out and they find some popular minister who has a you know website and who has has his own uh, you know, ministry out there. He may be on YouTube or other things like that, or he may be even be on television and his ministry is spreading. So they listen to him and they like the excitement of it when they hear that. And they don't find much truth in there. They just find exciting things. I'm not saying every popular minister out there is teaching wrong things because many of them are teaching great things, but we need to find out what they're teaching, not just what messages they're putting together, where they got it from, that's what it needs to be. It needs to be from the word of God. Many young ministers read, listen to their teachings, and because again, they sound like the truth, they don't recognize them as poison. It looks good, it sounds good, but they don't understand it is not in line with the word of God. God has placed in our bodies the ability to detect poisons in food, and it's no different in our spiritual senses. It says in Hebrews chapter five and verse 14, solid food belongs to those who are of full age, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What a great example here of Elisha. 
Elisha could recognize it. In fact, one of the students was more mature than the other. And the first bite he took, he said, sir, there is poison in this pot. I recognize it. The others didn't recognize it. They were just eating and they didn't recognize the poison. So often today, young ministers listening to what's being taught out there don't recognize poison. It just draws a crowd and they say, that's what I'm looking for. In fact, oftentimes with a young person, the size of the congregation is the indicator of the success of the church. The success of the church is what is being taught, not how many people are coming at the present time. Again, that verse was Hebrews chapter five and verse 14. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. And we need to get our congregations up to that full age. And that's why we start with flour. That's why we start with cornmeal. But you never ever get to a point where flour is not part of your cooking and cornmeal is not a part of what you are baking for your family. It's always a part of everything. Milk we often say, well, milk is for young people. Milk is for the babies in the body of Christ. Well, that is true, but you never get away from milk. It blends into cakes, it blends into sauces, it blends into gravies, all the different things we use. There's always something from the basics that go into what we're teaching and the basics need to be there. But if you don't know the basics, how can you put it into your sermons? And that's where, again, you need to listen to, in fact, get a lot of your information from older ministers. Here's the point of it. Their books are still out there. Uh, there's recordings of them still out there. There's radio broadcasts. One of them that I listened to died in 1960. But you know what? His broadcasts are still out there and I listened to it. And yes, uh, the, the music in the beginning sounds archaic. It sounds like something from something from the past. But you know what? I stop and listen to the words of those hymns and they're good. But the moment this man opens up his mouth, even though he did this back in 1947, 1955, and taught this, all of a sudden I understand the word of God lives and abides forever. And I'll be listening to it and go, my goodness, I've never seen these points. I put this part of a, of a message in this part of a message, this part of a verse in this part of a verse and pull the two together. Andrew, and my spirit just goes, crazy. My, you know, my, my, the discerning part of me that understands it goes crazy. And again, it comes back to it. Not only do we have senses to help us discern what's good and bad in our natural bodies, we've also developed antidotes and remedies for the times we also eat poisons in this natural life. But it's also true in the word of God for the understanding and taking in of spiritual food. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 25, we have a story there where a tree was cut down and landed in the waters of Mara and changed the poisonous waters to sweet. What is that tree? It's a tr The tree is a type of the word of God. And we often comes to times when we need some, some water to drink, but it takes the word of God to sweeten that and help us to understand it. Oh, the value of the word of God. Revelation chapter 22 and verse two says this, the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of nations. The medicine to cleanse out the effects of false doctrine is the basics the flower of God's word, the leaves of the tree of life. We receive the tree of life as the word of God, but there's so many leaves that are attached to it. And I'm telling you the leaf of salvation, the leaf of being filled with the Holy Spirit, the leaf of divine healing, the leaf of discipleship. We could pull leaves off this tree from every, every one of them is the basics of the word of God and needs to be in our life and affected at all times. That's when we can begin to understand and detect false doctrine. I like to think of it this way, that oftentimes my dad would tell me this as we were, as I was growing up. He said, listen, when you have the word of God in you and you know the word of God, oftentimes a person begins talking to you and it sounds like the truth. But after a while, they begin to deviate from the truth and a person who understands the word of God can recognize 
the moment the deviation occurs. But if you don't have the word of God, you just get carried away because if the beginning sounds good, you just get carried away. And even when they get off track, you're still going with them because you don't know. This is what happened with the young man that went out and grabbed the poison and came back. So many that were eating there didn't detect it. And it tasted good in the very beginning, but the longer they were there, they were actually killing themselves. All I'm saying is many Christians have done the same thing. When somebody knocks on your door and tells you, hi, I'm with the Jehovah's Witnesses and I've come to talk to you today. And they'll start talking about something that's true. You go, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But the moment they deviate from that, it takes a person who understands the basics of God's word to go, "Uh uh-uh, no, that's not true. And you bring them back to the word of God. The word of God becomes the common denominator for both. And my dad used to love to open up the door and talk to Jehovah's Witnesses because he would simply bring out a scripture and you could see their eyes glaze over. They'd never heard that scripture before. The scripture contradicted what they were saying, but they had never seen it from the word of God and the word of God lives and abides forever. Thanks for being here today. I'll see you tomorrow as we come right back here and continue speaking about the power and understanding of older ministers, younger ministers, older people, and younger people learning to work together for the advancement of the kingdom of God. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.